I don't want to get DMCA'd, but there is a song that comes to mind when I think of this deity. I'm a survivor. You know know which song I'm talking about. Oh, sorry. I should not be singing like I'm alone because today I'm actually joined by the man who has become quite familiar with the deity that we are going to be covering today. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, mysterious stranger? Hello, hello. I am Jason, pretty much forever GM from Called Shots Entertainment. Uh, so what is, what's Called Shots Entertainment for those out there who've never heard of you? Uh, Called Shots Entertainment is our little band of merry adventurers, as the phrase that likes to be bandied about. Uh, we are a group who are podcasters, reviewers, and such. Basically, mostly tied to Paizo stuff, but we do have some other stuff out there. Uh, currently running is our uh, Tyrant But Deadly show, which is a uh, modification or conversion to Pathfinder 2nd Edition of Tyrant's Grass Adventure Path. And that's where all of today's information really comes from for us, or for me anyway. Well. It's actually why I brought you here today is because of that Tyrant But Deadly campaign. We're not going to cover spoilers in the adventure path, so don't worry there. Uh, Also, because we know that Kevin used it to metagame. Let's let's be real, Jason. I'm right. Well, yeah, obviously. He is the the mysterious eighth rune lord, Metamius Gamius. (laughs) All right, but seriously, though, we're going to cover the core elements of one of the deities presented in the adventure path, Orozni. Uh, we're going to do this so we can help game masters out there who want to incorporate a Rosny into their games or setting. Does that sound good to you, Jason? Sounds good to me. The areas of concern for a Rosny are the abused, dignity, and unwilling on death. So the one that always stuck out to me uh, when I had my first read through of Gods of Magic and saw uh, unwilling on death and I was unfamiliar with a Rosny uh, that one stuck out to me. Do you want to talk a little bit on that one, or do you want to just start at the abuse then dignity? I mean, I think that one is the like keystone of it, really, honestly, because it's you know, abuse and dignity. They are very clear things, but unwilling undeath kind of has its own stuff in there because aside from liches and stuff, how many undead are really willing? I mean, people could you know make the argument that like you know a, a vampire spawn. Or like, a, like, you know, there's definitely like vampire that have bit victims that don't die and are unwilling. And stuff. But, you know, it's interesting enough, you know, we don't, this is the only, I'm pretty sure it's the only deity that covers this area of concern. And it's definitely a strange one and very fun uh, or like a, a really interesting pick for players who want to play, you know, skeletons and, you know, go with the vampire archetype and all that stuff now. Uh, it's a it's a fun pick because they you know there are some characters that maybe didn't go into undeath willingly so yeah yeah I mean like from a PC standpoint obviously things are different than NPC creatures mm-hmm. but even then like even even with NPCs still got to take those into account in my mind anyway most of them are unwilling but here's a Razni among say the ultimate unwilling undeath mm-hmm. and despite everything there and it probably not even necessarily consciously she steps up as one might say their champion 
Yeah, for sure. You want to go ahead and cover our domains there, Jason? Sure thing. The domains we have for Arasni are confidence, freedom, pain, and protection. And I'd say a lot of these come later on for her. The pain obviously has been there for quite a while. <laughs> but for sure. And and even confidence. She was always a confident person to begin with, but there was still something in her that allowed Geb to be able to talk her away from herself after transforming her and being able to pull her soul back. But with the around the time of Tyrant's Grasp and all that, we learned a lot of stuff about it, trying to avoid spoilers here about her mm-hmm. connection to things. And I think that is really when her confidence in herself starts coming back and the desire for freedom really kicks in and puts her in overdrive. I mean, there's stories over the centuries where she's always tried to escape her, her wardens and all that, but it, it was kind of, you know, maybe I'll get away this time. And, but now like get further on and it's like, it's actually a thing she hungers for. Mm -hmm. She's not accepting her fate anymore. I, I 100% agree. I think the the because I said I'll cover the ultimate alternate domain here in just a moment, but um, I think the the confidence uh, domain is one. First of all, is one that a lot of people don't ever consider, and I think they really should, depending on or, or I say, especially if their character is one that is overcoming a psychological or emotional like some sort of they have some sort of psychological or emotional arc as part of their character's growth and backstory that I think should really be considered a lot of people like freedom uh, and especially people like you know a lot of people that play Calistrian you know clerics and all like go with pain and all that stuff and protection is very common but I think confidence is definitely a domain that needs to be uh, reconsidered by a lot of uh, players when especially like I said, especially if they're going to have a journey similar to a Rosny's uh, or a journey where they have to learn to be confident in themselves and it's part of their character growth I think should really consider this domain yeah it's definitely one I'd say more born from overcoming some struggles that said person has already been through and I think in an unfortunate situation uh, depending on your view of how things go around a table or something like that I think a lot of it comes down to the meta choice in a lot of cases so it's like okay so now I mean confidence is still pretty powerful you get the veil of confidence ability if you're mm-hmm. you know one of the clerics and all that but stuff like that where you're able to bring the shake the frightened condition down that's huge frightened messes ah, with a lot of it stuff. frightens a mere condition. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got I got a question for you. Uh, you would you ever consider giving, uh, just because we're talking about how important domain spells are, would you ever consider giving a domain spell as an innate once per day for someone that has been through this journey and perhaps revered a Rosnier along the way that aren't a divine, like a necessarily like a a divine class or or character, but are someone that is a devout follower? Absolutely. Um, 
Now, this is about Arasni, so I don't want to go too in-depth with it, but mm-hmm. I've given a bard in our uh, in our Tyrant but Deadly game a whole thing that doesn't exist anywhere in the game because of her devout following of Phrasma. Good. Organa. OP. Organa, I'm yes, just Organa, yes, yeah. OP. Yeah. I, I love Organa. I think Organa is wonderful. I mean, but she's a bard and you know they have their stuff and basically what i created is a divine relic we can call it mm-hmm. so it go it empowers as she levels up and with it comes a uh how you want to put it um proficiency with what it is because she gets a scythe that she's able to just summon pretty much at will and uses it to destroy undead as per Phrasma's wishes. Of course. And naturally. Bards do not have proficiency with scythes. So as I'm mm-hmm. sitting there, I'm like, well, you know, it's cool character stuff, but I, I don't want it to be just flavor. I want her to actually be able to use the weapon. Sure. So, sure. So tied in with it, it's a I have it set up that it will automatically grant proficiency equal to whatever the highest weapon proficiency is mm-hmm. that the bard gets at any point. So it's yeah. always going to be amongst her top usable weapons in terms of proficiency. So mm-hmm. I am all for granting things like that for situations as long for me anyway, as it's a story related thing. I'm not just going to give out powerful of stuff course. just because I'm all about the Flavor. lore and the story and everything. So I will I'll definitely work with things like that. So something like this absolutely would do. Yeah. So flavor into function is what you're saying. Oh, completely. Okay. Sure. All right. And the alternate domain we have here is sorrow uh, found in gods and magic. I definitely think this is a, uh, a, another one of those domains that uh, people kind of glance over uh, generally speaking. But again, granted, it didn't it didn't arrive until the Gods of Magic book, but Gods of Magic has been out well over a year now. Mm-hmm. The Sorrow Domain is, uh, I would almost argue that if your character could not have both the Confidence and Sorrow Domain, because like they're so dressed, like one would... How I put it, just I I'd love to see a character that was confident that became sorrow because like you know adventurers see and endure a lot of things that would naturally make one not want to adventure because of the horrible things that happen along the way. You know, like I said, you know, you could have the opposite kind of arc happen where someone who is overconfident and then realizes that adventuring is way harder than they thought it was and goes into sorrow. Um, you know, but of course, you know, the one that most people are going to go with, which is fine, would be like sorrow into confidence. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I I have to actually disagree. I don't think they're there that they're mutually exclusive. Speaking from some personal experience here, mm-hmm. uh, just take a look at people in the military. They exude confidence a lot of times because they have to. But. 22 veterans a day commit suicide because they just can't put up the face anymore. And I think that that's kind of the ultimate 
mixing of the two, honestly. Sometimes, and with them, it's just the sorrow just takes over. But even then, a lot of times they're still at least outwardly confident to the rest of the world right up until the end. Okay. Okay. That's, you know, as a veteran, I can definitely relate. I'm a, I'm an army vet. I don't know if I've ever had Same. that discussion with you. Um, I guess we're learning things today, even though I, <laughs> that's not a typical topic that would come up at Gen Con, I guess. Uh, yeah, so yeah. We're, 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 we're learning things. Uh, yeah. So no, I can, Apologies I can bring it a little dark there. No, 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 it's uh, no, 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 it's no, no, not at all. I mean, we're, we're talking about a Rosny after all. Uh, and I think people actually want to hear those kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm actually glad that mental health is not such a, uh, uh, an eggshell thing anymore, like walking on eggshell kind of thing anymore. I think I think it's great that people talk about the importance of mental health and everything. So no, uh, I I know I actually uh, you know I'll say you have officially changed my mind. I will I will say that I, I I think I I can't I have to shift my perspective on that one. Very 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 good perspective on that. All right, so you want to go ahead and bring us into edicts then? The edicts, yes. Act with dignity, do whatever it takes to survive, despise and never forgive those who have hurt you. Now, some of these do seem a little at odds with each other Mm -hmm. because doing whatever it takes to survive can often lead to actions that are not really all that dignified. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's obviously for, you know, Rosny's case, she's undead. She doesn't need to eat necessarily but mm-hmm. there are people who have to out there who have to like dig through other people's trash in order to find a meal not what one would typically call dignified yeah but they got to do what they got to do i think i think a quick fix for this would be act when act with dignity whenever possible would would uh would fix this <laughs> uh or you know as a slight reword might might uh fix this because like yeah because doing whatever it takes to survive i i 100 agree it's like yeah if you got to dig through the trash to to make it to tomorrow uh, most people wouldn't really call that a dignified meal yeah but despising and never forgiving those who have hurt you uh i think this obviously fits in with the story which you know so we don't want to go too too far in depth with for terms of spoilers and all that in terms of because alignment i know alignment's going away Mm-hmm. Uh, but Orozny is not. Uh, yeah, Orozny is neutral evil. Let us not forget. <laughs> so uh, she is an evil deity or what will now be called unholy, even though she kind of stands on the in-between of, you know, what people consider lawful and chaotic acts. She, she does kind of have that in-between or, you, you know, in terms of people, you know, it's clearly unholy, but people could understand where you're coming from. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's... I think a lot of it is tied to the almost overwhelming rule, I guess we'll call it, that undead have to be evil all the time. Which I know they've kind of phased away from that a little bit, but I mean, usually it's just like occasionally a ghost might not be evil or a certain spirit might not be evil, but even like everything else a lot of times they're just automatically put as evil because they're undead i think that's part of it now despising and never forgiving someone i can see that being evil but if you want to dig deeper too calistria 
is all about revenge and not forgiving people, she only goes as far as chaotic neutral. Mm-hmm. So she's got a neutral in her secondary tier versus a neutral in the in the first tier for mm-hmm. uh, Arosni. So I think it is the it is the undead part that really pushes her in there. And I don't necessarily personally agree that it is, you know, quote unquote evil to not to not forgive people who have absolutely shit on you. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I so, don't. Yeah. No, I've, if that was the uh, if that was the the take, then no, that was not the intended takeaway of saying despise and never forgive is evil. Um, if that's what came across, that's my apologies. Oh no, I'm <laughs> saying because they said her as evil, not you. Oh okay, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, like, because that's the thing too is, um, like, when it comes to playing undead characters uh, or characters who become undead. Um, or I would say undead characters. We'll just start there. Uh, even like in the what was it? Is it Secrets of Magic or no? The Book of the Dead. I'm sorry. The Book of the Dead. Playing a character who is powered by negative energy, which is pretty much all undead, uh, save for a few very unique ones. The it even says in the Book of the Dead the primary the the primary reason that the undead don't like the living is because as you become infused or as you become powered by or as you are empowered by negative energy it is a natural repulsion that you gain you have whether you gain it initially or it becomes more potent the longer you live or unlive i guess uh the longer you're around it actually just becomes this natural repulsion that you have, like similar to like vampires repulsion to garlic and, you know, uh, stepping in holy places, etc. Like it actually is a thing. It, it, it almost just like unnaturally bothers you. Um, but that's the thing is that can also be left up into left up to interpretation. You know, my character is just strong willed. And like is doing everything in their power, like, or you, you know, you can as you can say, hey, in game, I want to try to continue to fight this natural urge. You know, GM could make you roll a will save or wh- however you want to handle that. I think there are many fun ways to deal with that instead of just saying, oh yeah, no, you're undead, you're evil, blah blah blah. I, I've always hated that myself as well. Especially tied to the changes Paizo has made. Um, namely to like goblins because that's like the big one. Oh, dude. Second edition came <laughs> out and they're oh, a starting ancestry now. Like they're it's like all of it's like, hey, these are pillaging, burning, baby eating arsonists and all that. Yeah. It's like and for for a decade, that's what these are. And like, and they're like, oh, hey, you know what? Not anymore. It's been 10 years. Yeah. They're good now. It's like, hold up. Hold up. Not all of them, but some of them are good yeah. now. It's like, hold up, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And obviously that's something that can happen, but I think if it's that easy to flip that switch for goblins, why not undead also? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Especially because, as as we pointed out earlier, I would say most of them are in their state of undeath unwillingly. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. 
Some of them aren't even intelligent undead. They're just things that are being commanded. I, I don't understand spawn. why they would necessarily have to be evil. Yeah. Yeah, like spawn. And you think that neutral mm -hmm. as like a, a construct almost makes more sense to me in that case. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, a minion. Because like yeah. a lot of spawn don't have the minion trait, but I would... I'd actually put it up to the point where they are a minion because they are, they are depending on which creatures we're talking about, but they are straight up commanded and cannot attack their creators or cannot come against them. Like that is, that is like, you want to talk about unwilling, like, dude, <laughs> like, that would be rough, man. Like, wow. But uh, we'll go ahead and move it into anathema here. So one of the, what should be very obvious anathema is to create unwilling undead. Wow, that was a pretty easy fucking play <laughs> there. And then the other one, which I think is hilarious because no other deity that I know of has this anathema. Insult Arasni. It's like, well, that's kind of a no-brainer, but hey, in case you needed to know, <laughs> don't insult the one you're following. <laughs> so, that's pretty funny. Maybe she just takes it a bit more personally. Well, I would say she has she's got the history to say why that would be a case. Mm -hmm. Just I mean, not only because of how she became undead, but the whole reason she got put into that position anyway. Mm -hmm. um, now this isn't necessarily spoilers for for the show because this happened hundreds of years ago, but she would have willingly gone to fight Tarbafon and then they bound her to do it anyway. It's like, why don't you just ask? You're oh, insulting <laughs> your deity here. Your 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 uh the word is slipping my mind. Your Herald? Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, you're insulting your Herald here by doing this. Like, this is what she's all about. And then you're binding her to do this for you. That that's just a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. So I actually, so I think because of everything with her that put her in her current position and how her enemies and her supposed allies put her in there, I can see insulting her being anathema for her. It's like it's your fault. I'm like this. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. Chose to insult me. Mm hmm. And that goes back to never forgiving. Yep. It's almost coming full circle. So I added. A creature section for this one because lesser deities or demigods and all that stuff and gods and magic don't really have a creature section in terms of like suggestions. So I had to challenge GM Jason's capabilities as a GM by adding this element and being an asshole. Mm -hmm. uh, and so give me two to three thematic creatures that you would associate with a Rosny if uh, whether they would uh, ones that might fight alongside of her and why now the first one that instantly jumped to mind when you would put this up to me is it's gonna sound a bit strange because it is undead which mm -hmm. is out there uh, revenant oh no I, I can I can see why I can see why driven by the ones that killed them to take vengeance. Yeah, about vengeance. They have mm -hmm. this just built-in self-loathing and she hates what she's become versus what she used to be. Mm -hmm. So that was the first thing that jumped into mind with this. Like okay. I said, 
strange considering undead, but I can definitely see that uh, well, the, fitting the, between them. Well, they were, like I said, like, like you even said, they were most likely unwilling undead, though. Mm-hmm. So they would definitely fight alongside her. And what, what else you got? Uh, I also have Shikigami. Oh, I'm not fam- I'm not familiar. I think I've read it, read like skimmed it once. So what was the Shikigami? Uh, so Shikigami are listed as like the least powerful of all Kami. They're basically little like spirits and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. These ones are bound to protect certain areas by usually a more powerful spirit or deity. Uh, and they're they're like they're minor spirits, but like I said, they're they're bound in places to help protect areas. And depending on how things go, they also aren't necessarily all that hyped up about humanoids and depending on where they live and the civilization civilization they're in. So they will fight to protect the areas that they are. But if the locals in that area start mistreating them, They'll, they'll be like, nah, peace, and just leave. They'll and just take, dip? And take <laughs> the, yeah, and take the stuff that they're protecting with them. Oh, that's awesome. So that's, that, that actually goes on the uh, the insulting uh, stick. I love that. That's super cool. See, I knew I could depend on you, man. And uh, you got anything else in in there, uh, over, over hiding over there, Jason? Uh, I've got a two-ish more... What I'm a little iffy on, um, the unicorn, because they represent a purity and they're kind of, uh, unicorns are kind of aloof to society and humanoids. You got to be trusted for who they go to, but that, that's more, I, I'm, I'm iffy on that one, uh, but uh. one I'm not as iffy on are silver dragons. Oh, I love Silver Dragons. One of my players in my Age of Ashes campaign before, unfortunately, he had to go. He made it through book two out of six, but uh, unfortunately, his life became way too busy. Uh, he got a big promotion at work, and uh, yeah, he was actually... I, I brought him back as an NPC later on, but he mm-hmm. was playing a Silver Draconic, or Draconic Silver, however you want to say that, but I love Silver Dragons thematically because they actually do stand out much different than the other one. Yeah, they're... I'd say among all the dragon kind of there, they're the ones that are least about I'm so high above you. Look at me. I'm so special. Like well, they that. know they are, but they're, they're about righteousness and getting rid of evil and protecting things, helping the weak. It's that just kind of for me ties in with Arasni. Mm-hmm. Well, that and, uh, like a lot of people don't realize it until they they're like they like let's say they're newer to running Pathfinder and they they're like oh dragons well silver's cool because you know blah 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 and they go to like look at the spell list and it makes me laugh every time because they're also the only dragon that uses a divine spell list because they're like well where where's all their damage and you know where's all the mm. damage spells I'm like they're divine they're the only divine spellcaster. <laughs> they don't use arcane, so they're, again, they're they're even unique in that light. So I, again, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, that uh, that covers my list of creatures. There, hopefully, hopefully they uh, they match up to your challenge. No, I I I my I definitely say I can't believe I didn't put revenant together. That's like such a shoe in. I didn't even. I was like, 
Yeah, no, duh. As soon as I, <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, I, I should have thought of that. <laughs> but the Shikigami, I, I'm going to give you mad props for the Shikigami. Uh, that is awesome. Awesome response. And those are from Bestiary 3. Okay. Bestiary 3. I was looking it up while we were while we were doing this recording. Yeah, so very interesting. I've never uh, I've never done too much with the Kami, although I definitely need to uh, I'll just say this. I'm definitely looking forward to the T and Xia content because I love the Japanese and Chinese and like South, South, you know, Southeastern Asian like mythology lore and all like urban legends and stuff, which is pretty much T and Xia in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't wait to start opening up more of that kind of uh, content or, or exploring that kind of content. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. And- It'll have to, it'll be strange trying to bring it in after the fact, but got at least one character in Tyrant Padeli who hails from that region. So being able to have more back matter to use for him would be extremely helpful. Oh, yeah. Because it's not that they didn't, like the, was it the Jade, Jade Empire in first Jade edition? Regent. Yeah, Jade, Re- yeah, well, the Jade region, and it has a huge, like it has like a back matter, or is it back matter? Or so like, like that. Yeah, I guess we call it the back matter of like, I think it's book two of Jade Regent that goes into like the Jade Empire and it has a decent amount of information. But it, but because again, it's just not utilized a lot. In, it wasn't utilized a lot in first edition. I'm so happy to see that they're going to be going like Absalom level of depth with uh, with the uh, Shaw. I'm super excited for that. Same. No, Jason. I, uh, but but bringing it back, I would definitely say you have you have risen and defeated the, the what I call I guess severe encounter that mm-hmm. was my challenge to you. So congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Uh, and I'd also like to thank you for joining me today in helping uh, others with understanding Arosni, the unyielding. And I definitely feel like she's earned that title. What do you think? I absolutely agree, and I mean. Tyrant's Grasp was the end of the first edition. It brought that about into second edition. There hasn't been a whole lot about her since. I'd really love more information to see what happens after. This like, thing says now that she's like, no one knows quite where she is. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's granting powers to somebody, but I don't mm-hmm. want them to just leave her by the wayside. Mm-hmm. She's gone through such a change, and her story is so huge. It feels it feels a little wasteful if it's just never brought up again, personally. Yeah, it feels like cliffhanger and uh, there would be nothing more dissatisfying than just leaving it on a cliffhanger, you know? Yeah. Well, we hope that this uh, this helps anyone out there who is looking for inspiration or just a different perspective on a Rosny in general. Be sure to check out GM Jason's podcast called Shots Entertainment. There will be a link below. And I'll also be giving him this audio so he can uh, put this on his podcast feed as well. So whether you're listening, watching on YouTube, hit the like, heart button, or whatever you can do to show some love. Chat with me or Jason in the comments below in his Discord, my Discord. And we'll catch you all next time. Peace.